0: And
1: now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. It is Tuesday here in the super-secret underground bunker beneath World Headquarters. Welcome, everyone. We are live from the bunker. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor here at Sci-Fi for Me. And we are broadcasting live to YouTube, Odyssey, Rumble, and Twitch. Looks like YouTube's giving me a pop-up. Let me know if it's buffering over there, if you would, please. And uh, we are also available as a podcast on a number of different players. So if you want to check us out there, you're more than welcome. Uh, As always, when we are live, you can jump in the chat. If you are with us uh, after the fact, you can leave a comment. You can always send us an email live from the bunker at sci fi for mecom Join our Discord. Where the conversations continue... Throughout the day and the week. Because that's what we do, right? That's what fans do. We talk to each other. We gripe and complain with each other. We argue with each other. We talk about the things we like. We talk about the things we don't like. And it seems like that generally dominates the conversation anymore these days. All right, speaking of fandom, we are going to be talking to uh, someone who has a very long history in uh fandom as a guest uh today george phillies joins us he is the uh the president of the national fantasy fan federation uh and i need to get a graphic i did the graphic in one place i had to do the graphic in another place let me get that up here real quick so i can properly introduce him george are you there good afternoon sir
1: Good afternoon, Jason, and thank you very much for having me.
0: Well, it's good to have you. This is something that uh, Mindy and I talked about every now and then. Like, you know, we ought to have George on because we've done some stuff. We've contributed to a, uh, a few of the different fanzines that you put together. And you have a lot of things that you do as president of N3F. And I want to go through all of this uh, because there's a lot. Uh, and I'm not sure exactly where to start, but let's... well. Let's start with what N3F is, because when I first heard about it, the National uh, Fantasy Fan Federation I was like, "Oh, what is this?" Let's let's look at this. So let's tell people
1: about what it is first. The National Fantasy Fan Federation is the oldest non-local science fiction club in the world. There are two older American clubs that handle municipal areas, but we're the oldest national, international group. <coughs> Pardon me. The nation, of course, is the nation of all science fiction fans, and we have had on and off members all around the world, Australia, China, the United States, Britain, Europe, Russia. That, I suspect, has been slightly interrupted by unfortunate situations. Right. We were founded in 1941. The founder was damon knight damon knight argued that fandom fans ought to unite failing which science fiction fan would fa- fandom would fade before then there were science fiction magazines the first of course was amazing with hugo gernsback the first modern american there are some older ones and you could write science fiction magazines they would publish your letter And more important, they would publish your addresses so fans could get together via postal mail, which was the only practical way of getting together on a national scale. Uh, In period, yes, you could make long-distance phone calls, but those got expensive. (laughs) So the N3F was formed. There were 64 founding members, of whom the most prominent were probably E.E. Smith. There was this Ray Bradbury fellow who a few of you have heard of. Uh, there were a series of fans, people like Forey Ackerman, and we had our first magazine, Bonfire. Bonfire, we've changed the name once, continued to be published until, continues to be published until the present day. It's the National Fantasy Fan, and volume 82, issue number four, just came out. So there is the national fantasy fan and we publish all sorts there is our web page we publish now more fanzines than we used to at some point going back to the late 1950s on one hand there were uh, people who were writing lots of letters to each other paper mail letters that got printed in a zine so we launched a letter zine, a, a zine magazine that just printed letters from people, or pretty much just letters. That was the hyperspace type beam, which is now just type beam, and it's no longer a letter zine. There were, uh, we also, in late 50s, launched an APA, N-APA, N-apostrophe-A-P-A. APA. i will get back to what APAs are in a moment. Now, it's really not true that we were had the first fanzine or the first APA. There is at least one fanzine that is older than the N3F and is still published. It's the um, zine for another APA. Uh, The N3F has come and gone as time went on. We were founded in April 1941. And it was observed that across the Atlantic, the Europeans were shooting at each other. But we were in America, a position which worked fine until December 7th, 1941, uh, when the following issue of Tight Beam, excuse me, uh, Bonfire, I think it still was at that point, noted there was now a war on and most fans were going to be distracted by worldly events membership came and went at one point we were down to one dues paying member and no officers but we somehow struggled forward Uh, since then sometimes we're larger sometimes we're smaller membership has sometimes been up in the 300s or more we currently have closing on 300 members counting our uh, public associate members who don't pay dues but do get all the fanzines so what can I say about fanzine fandom? <laughs> uh, the point of, fans, of fanzines, first of all, it lets fans communicate with each other. Right. Second, because it's print medium, people have to think a bit about what they're saying and spell out and edit, so it's not quite like comments on <laughs> social media. And because it's on paper or is in a permanent file, it doesn't it's not ephemeral it doesn't fade away
0: now so well, having said th- go ahead well let me let me ask you this because in, like you say with social media in this day and age where everything's online and semi maybe permanent i mean the the joke is the internet never forgets things get called up and and recalled but you're right there is something to the notion of committing something to paper to a physical form, to a permanent record, that it, it almost feels like it's it's getting to be a lost art. Now, you guys publish a number of different fanzines and have been for a very long time. What's the... What's the appeal still for you with with fanzines? Because, you know, there are generations that all they care about is TikTok and Tumblr and Instagram and Snapchat and and the and the immediate now, not what happened then. They don't they don't care about anything that happened before they were born. Why is Why do you think it's important to keep doing the fanzines like you've been doing?
1: well first of all for about a quarter of our members our, our dues paying members if there was no paper mail fa- uh, fanzine they would have no contact with us because they don't use computers right uh, people who are fond of computer gadgets don't realize that there is a substantial chunk even of the american populace that doesn't use that electronic stuff <laughs> and as a result These are the people who hear from us once a month because we print up issues of the National Fantasy Fan and send them out. There are also fanzine libraries. They're archival here and there, and they do stores this zine or that zine. We on and off have published up to 10 fanzines. We're currently at eight another perhaps showing up another in search of an editor every one of our zines has one paper copy that will eventually end up in a paper archive someplace okay however For the most part, in a certain sense, you're right. The fanzines are sent electronically. They're sent as PDFs, so our members can print them. We occasionally have had a member ask, well, would you mind printing up a copy of each of our fanzines and put them all in an envelope and send them to me? So we did the math, and we are talking about some hundreds of pages a month and ignoring that someone would actually have to print all this stuff, it would be very expensive. Right. We have I have occasionally advertised, there are a few members who would like printed copies of this zine or that zine. Do we have a volunteer to print in mail?
0: Yeah. There you has mean, been no interest in this offer. You don't have a, 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 a purple inked uh, mimeograph machine in your garage, George?
1: I use a Xerox phaser, a wax uh, printer, okay. which is even more obsolete than one of those gadgets because you can still get the parts yeah. for a, a Spirit Master. That's the purple ink. Or a Mimeo, that's the black ink. Mm-hmm. Uh, or a Gestetner, that's full. That's sort of full color. It's like the old four-color comics. Um, and as long as the phasers keep running maintenance is a chore sometimes <laughs> I'm sure it is. there will be paper mail and i may then have to get a different color printer but yes it's full color printing <laughs> the wax printers were excellent
0: yeah and yeah, it and it, it feels like that kind of thing we need more of that i mean we've we've made the joke here that you know i i actually found uh online i found a recipe for the purple ink And we had talked about, you know, finding a printing press of some sort that would take it and then we could start printing our own little, you know, fanzine thing that we could mail out to people and, you know, charge a quarter or a dollar or whatnot. Now, you you don't charge for any of your, your fanzines, is that right?
1: If you want to become a voting member of the N3F, you have to pay six bucks for an electronic membership. I know that's a huge burden on some people. If you want the uh, National Fantasy Fan on paper, it costs 18 bucks. Unless you're the second person in the same household, that would be you or Mindy if the other of you was a regular member. Right. In which case, that's 4 bucks. And that's per year or per month? Per year. Okay. All right. Well, that's not bad. Um, we have a large number of people who... won't even fork out six bucks for the year but what do you get out of the six bucks you can vote in our elections you can vote for officers you can vote for the n3f laureate awards that's one of the things we do the n3f laureate award is the oldest award in science fiction fandom Mm. it's well over a decade older than the uh, hugo awards and we have been giving it not completely regularly ever since
0: you mentioned so, you mentioned the Hugo's and and the all of the all of the shenanigans that went around there. Has there ever been a concern, as far as the laureate award goes? Has there ever been any uh, concerns expressed about you know the risk of politicizing the laureate award? Has that ever has that ever come up in conversation? Has there ever been a danger of of that?
1: I'm aware of the issue. Uh, as a practical matter, it has never come up. Okay, uh, so we do give awards every year. Uh, who can I? Th- who do, will I name? Who has had awards? Let's see. Tony Weisskopf, editor at Bain, has had the Laureate Award. I think it's like six years in a row. Mm. <laughs> uh, people who have won awards include oh, David Weber. I think Larry, Larry Korea may have won one. Um, Certainly, Weber did. Uh, Chris Nuttall did. Uh, Chris is probably the most prolific author in fandom, He'd ma- or non fandom, pro- professional writing. He turns out a solid novel every month. Wow. This is not quite the Silverberg record. Four <laughs> novels in two weeks. Right. Though they were not precisely science fiction and suitable only for adults. But in any event, coming back to the N3F, we really have not worried about that. Maybe we should. To some extent, that's calming down. It will be amusing to see what happens with the Chengdu uh, Worldcon, um, assuming that the war between China and China doesn't erupt before that, in which case the Chengdu Worldcon is going to have certain problems with foreign (laughs) visitors. Oh, Russians could get there by train.
0: Yeah, well, and and you know, it's it's interesting to see uh, that particular group of people who have acted in a certain particular way the last few years now suddenly get the vapors because WorldCon is being held in China, and to hear them talk now, to see some of the different comments that they've said this year, it it strikes me as being a little more than ironic uh, in some respects because of what's going on. But you're right. If if hostilities do break out over there, Worldcon is going to be a very interesting place if anybody even attends. So,
1: I imagine there will be a large Chinese turnout. Yes. And whoever does get there, if this unfortunate situation arises, I hope they have a good convention and enjoy themselves. Uh, the N3F ha- is discussing holding its own convention. It would be the current working title is Son of SilverCon, and it would be held someplace in Nevada. But they're finding enough members who want to work on it is a little difficult. Yeah. And while we do have a respectable number of members, they're spread out over the entire United States. Worldcons need a bunch of people in one place. So if you go to <clears throat> If you go to Boston, there is uh, Aresia, there is Boscone, there have there is ReaderCon, because there are bunches of fans here um, who are interested in running conventions. The N3F historically has never run a convention before. We've been a, a fan mail group. So the National Fantasy fan comes out, well... It got down; to, it has gotten down to a few issues a year. At one point, our bylaws, which are currently being rewritten, assume that it's quarterly. Uh, we, it's currently monthly, and it's not our only monthly zine. Yeah. So the National Fantasy Fan is the club news zine. It does run one Sercon, a serious constructive article a month, and that's due to John Swartz, who is about to move over from. Radio shows of the 1950s and earlier I think I have actually heard a few of them but i 'm seventy five uh, he 's about to switch over from that to famous female writers of long ago, of which there turn out to be a huge number
0: that would be an interesting series to to take a look at, yes, definitely.
1: He's done a series of these historical things that could be assembled into a book, but someone would have to do the work. Having said that, that's not our only zine. It's the zine that does the news and the elections and the laureate awards and the internal club awards. So I can say congratulations to Judy Carroll for winning the Franson Award, which is the one award I personally give for work for the club. The other zines, well, there is an APA. What are APA zines? APA zines are much older than science fiction fanzine fandom. The original idea of APA zines was that you write up your personal magazine, reproduce it somehow or other, make the needed number of copies, and mail it to a central point where the official collator collates the copies into a zine and then mails them out again. This made much more sense back once upon a time when postal rates were a little more supportive of this activity. So back in 59 or so, we launched our own APA. It has grown and shrunk as time went on. At one point, about the time I became president, an APA was down to two people exchanging emails. So I announced we're going to have an APA, it will have a real APA, it will have a cover, people will contribute pages, and it will go out, this is one difference with traditional APAs, an APA goes out to the entire N3F membership, which is now somewhat above 250. Okay. What, to hap- what do you find in an APA? Well, people comment on other people's material and past page issues. There's historical material. We have a, fe- a member in Sweden who was fond of sending us 100-page contributions on the history of Swedish fandom <laughs> and uh, Russian fandom. Uh, there are some interesting photographs he's had of a Russian... Space science fiction convention held in the '30s. Oh wow, it's amazing. Now you um,
0: mentioned you mentioned Son of Silvercon for a second. Let me let me circle back for just a second because I want to I want to pick up this thread with Nefercon because that's an online thing and it's kind of a fan. It's kind of a well, how would you describe Nefercon in, in the context of all of this? Because it's not a fanzine. Uh, it's it's more a,
1: a collective conversation at this point, right? nefercon it's on mewi.com if anyone wants to find it. Uh, nefercon was an experiment which mm, didn't quite take off. Um, there are nice people contributing to it. It's still sits there, it's still moderated to an extent that we haven't had any problems with it. Nefercon, during the uh, plague, the pandemic, was there as an electronic convention. So we tried various things to see how it would work. The organization we had didn't quite take off, but it was sort of a good idea is the no. best I can say. Well, is that anything
0: that uh, is worth uh, taking a look at again at some point to see if that's that's a, a revivable thing uh, in terms of an event, maybe, maybe in connection with Son of
1: Silvercon? A nefricon is actually up and running continuously. If you go on to We and look for Nefricon, you'll find it. Yes, there yep. it is, NeferCon, the con that nefer ends, because it's electronic. <laughs> and you apply, and you get in, and you can make comments. We didn't quite know what to do with it, and since the everyone in masks or mop suits seems to have slowed down, we haven't pushed it as much as we used to. But yes, it is still there, and it's still a nice arrangement.
0: So what, what, a, what could you do with it? Ha, has there been any conversation? Has anybody just raised a question and made a suggestion, hey, maybe we
1: should do X with this thing? Uh, one thought would be to make it a, a web page rather than something on a social media page. Another pa- idea would be, well, instead of just having one pay, one group, you have several. So there would be a group which would be the dealer's row with people selling stuff. There would be a group that would be, for example, trading recipes. There would be a group that would present, like this show, live videos of uh, events. We did, never got up to doing live videos. That I'm not into video very much, so I don't think about that as an idea. Right. Uh, a significant thing that it would need, though, is someone who thought this was a great idea and wanted to change things and make it work. And that didn't quite come to pass. I see. All right. Well, so uh, let me let me ask this, though, the
0: what do what in general, what do people get out of fanzines? Well, it, it, in a historical sense, you know, they've been popular, they've they've waxed and waned. Some of them do well. Some of them don't. I mean, some of them go to five people. Some of them go to 500 people back in the day. Generally, what would you expect to get out of a fanzine? Because you have comments on other people's work, you have essays and stuff, but is there is there a particular type of content that you would normally find in a fanzine? Because,
1: they, I mean, there are all types out there. Okay, let's go down over all of the N3F fanzines, because they are sort of representative of the types of fanzines that we've had. First of all, there are club news zines that hold the club together. That is, clubs, even if you're local, you're going to have meetings, you're going to have special events. And if you don't publish a zine, something that is sitting on the tabletop that people can look at without having to go onto the Internet, you tend to drift apart. I mentioned the APA, which is a chance for different people to publish things. My APA zines have mostly been sections of my fiction since... My scientific fictional hobby piece is writing novels. The most recent one is Practical Exercise, which is sort of Harry Potter, but it's set on not an in, in English public school, but at an American research university, so to speak. Of course, it's a magical university. Right. We also publish. Going down the list, back to the beginning, there is Tight Beam. Tightbeam is now the all-topic review So we review anime. We would review comics, except at the moment we're short a comic reviewer. We review films. We review TV programs. We have a SirCon contribution. That's from John Swartz. It's a bio-bibliography of some famous science fiction writer, typically someone people don't remember as much, including a list of all of their works and what they did. Uh, and, of course, it has our gourmet bureau with Cedar Sanderson. She's also an SF writer. And Cedar Sanderson gives us food of famous authors. It's an interview with some author and associated with the author is a recipe, he suggested. Well, they t- most authors say, I'd like a recipe on so-and-so, and Cedar creates the recipe. I got okay, other scenes. Our fiction zine is Eldritch Science. Uh, Eldritch Science, back close to 40 years ago, was my fiction fanzine. I revived it. Eldritch Science, the original Eldritch Science died because we kept losing authors to professional publishing houses, notably Bane. And having said that, we publish science fiction stories. However, we have a few requirements. We do not take uh, fiction that is lifted from something that exists. So you may write Star Trek fiction, fan fiction. We won't publish it. Right. But we do fiction. We have then, we did have films fantastic. Uh, Films fantastic has had two uh, editors in a row die unexpectedly. Mm. Uh, Films fantastic is about films of long ago. So if someone does films fantastic on Dracula and maybe the the very first Dracula film back in the twenties, the silent the count Dracula was if I recall fellow and uh, correctly an author by the name of Shrek uh, we do have so it's might come back so they have that particular, one, from,
0: that particular one you're talking about not Nosferatu by max Shrek right yes yes
1: that movie yes then we have you know the film is better than I do clearly <laughs> then we have after film was fantastic and Eldritch Science. We have Mangaverse, and Mangaverse was on Japanese manga and Japanese anime. We, for a long time, had a wonderful writer doing stuff for our, in particular, tight beam, though she's moved on to other things at the moment. Uh, Mangaverse is indeed on Japanese science fiction of the traditional drawn sort. Uh, It is interesting to note that at this point, allegedly, Japanese manga in the United States, admittedly with English translations of the dialogue, is now sells better than American comics. But Mangaverse is definitely there. Some years ago, I proposed the N3F should launch a news zine, for which I was promptly ridiculed on several uh, Facebook sites, which are not ours, (laughs) However, I did propose this, and the fan a- N3F Fan Activity Gazette is out there. The amount of material on it wanders from time to time, but thanks to Mindy, we do have this wonderful list of conventions. We do have this piece and that piece that do show up. We do have the annual, the monthly Fanish calendar. We have a birthday list which shows up every month birthdays of fans and authors of that the forthcoming month that's the Fan Activity Gazette at some time back and this to some extent goes back to your um, comment on Worldcon getting into political size I launched a zine which is strictly mine the N3F review of books incorporating prose bono And the N3F (laughs) review of books does book reviews, and it's very strictly book reviews, and it's just a wall of text after wall of text. However, unlike some places, we tend to review, we tend to get reviews, I don't force it that way, of folks who are not highly progressive. So we... We take reviews from on whatever novels we can get, but that doesn't mean we get them. Well, that also includes Prose Bono, which is articles on how to write better fiction, because there are lots of aspiring authors uh, who are in no danger of losing out to AI to judge from the AI fiction <laughs> I have seen recently, <clears throat> um, most of which is awful. Um, in fact, it's word. Sal- it looks like a word salad in which the computer is guessing which words would look good together, even though they don't necessarily make any sense. Right. But we try to do extended book reviews, one to three pages. Uh, we have this wonderful relationship with Upstream Review, which is now, I gather, Declan Finn's effort.
0: Right, yeah. I've, I've talked to Declan a, a number of times about that one. Yeah.
1: And we ha- we obtained from them reprint permission so all of our members see their reviews and are reminded you can see more by going to Upstream Reviews. I, sh- I should also mention at this point that we have had
0: uh, reviews uh, on SciFiForMe.com also get reprinted as well, and I sh- I, and that gives me an opportunity to say that that Mindy's review of uh, Richard Palini's To Sleep in a Sea of Stars is about to get published. So that's one you can grab, George, if you're if you're looking for stuff to, to
1: include. I will let you know when it's live. <laughs> I am always grateful for your book reviews and your film reviews. And if you could talk your other writers, other than you and Mindy, into letting me use their reviews, in many cases, I would be happy to use them. I will pass because... that along. Thank you. Uh, having said that, it's really a book review zine, and a, the emphasis—a vigorous emphasis—is you're at reviewing the book, you're not reviewing your opinion of the author, and the author may be a raving communist or a neo-Nazi. <laughs> you're still reviewing his book. Yes. The closest we came to making an exception on that, we had a review of a fine novel by Rebecca Roanhorse, and the review. The book could not be understood without talking about her historic physical background and nationality, and so that passed through. But that was different. Yeah. Okay. Sense. So that's little... that one. Ionosphere. Ionosphere does attempts to co- cause fans and authors to interact with each other. Ionosphere, in large part, publishes traditionally. interviews with authors, interviews with famous fans, and attempts to bring them together. After all, that was one of the things that was interesting about our creation. We had a number of important pros and future pros as founding members. E.E. Smith is probably the most famous, though some people would say Ray Bradbury is. (coughs) We also publish Origin. Origin covers historical material opinions it's a very different zine what have i which zine have i left off
0: uh, um, let's see i have here uh n3f review of books fan uh i think that's it i think that's all of them
1: okay so there is the n3f there's also our relationship with the rest of fans um Once upon a time, there was an author whose name I shall omit since he has since passed away, um, who did a comment on the N3F. He expressed the opinion that the only reason for the N3F was to introduce new fans into fandom. Amusingly, this is something the N3F did not particularly do at the time, and does not do currently, and has not done in decades. But I still get old secret masters of fandom who will diss the N3F as just being, oh, your only purpose in life is to, uh, gee, find new fans and introduce them into what fandom should be like. <laughs> well, it takes all kinds. Well, see, see, that doesn't that doesn't strike me as being particularly
0: a pejorative there, George. I mean, it, the the idea here of being a fan... Uh, to me and we can get into this here after the break the idea of being a fan to to me is hey let me tell you about the thing i like and you're introducing those things you like to other people in order to get them to like those things i mean that that that's what fandom is is sharing the those things that that you're enthusiastic about
1: isn't it that's certainly a big part of fandom as we show it. Um, however, the notion that we should <clears throat> bring people in, talk, show them this for a year or two, and then dump them as members doesn't. Find, I don't find attractive. Got it. Okay, so that's that's the distinction they're making then. But we do the other. My other answer, though, is that we do do a lot of different things. We've I've gone down all these zines. Eldritch Science, the fiction zine, exists because we run a short story contest. Uh, last year we had 54 entries. of uh, The judge is Jefferson Zweikaffer, who is a professional write, science fiction writer. Most of which could be published without embarrassment. <laughs> and many of which, actually, we have lost several stories to prosines or short story collections. <clears throat> so we do all of these different things.
0: All right. So uh, that's, that's a point where we can stop really quick. Let me tell Google where to drop an ad. We will take a very quick break, and we will be back with more here, talking with George Phillies of the National Fantasy Fan Federation. Stand by. We'll be right back
1: if you unsubscribe to our podcasts
0: our legion is doomed this is sci-fi for me radio i find it difficult to get excited about it mm-hmm. and i don't know if it's my natural cynicism <laughs> or my my it's my system. pessimism it, mm, uh, it's my, tempered with a uh, 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 dash I, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm jaded at this point. Uh-huh. Huh?
1: The H2O Podcast, only on Sci-Fi for Me TV. Good morning, Multiverse. Saturday morning at 11, 10 Central, only on Sci-Fi for Me TV.
0: Back live from the bunker, Jason Hunt here talking with George Phillies. He is the president of the National Fantasy Fan Federation. George, let me ask you this question here, real quick. When you when you think about fans, uh, every now and again we have online drama between various different factions of fans. This fandom and that fandom and everything else. All the way back to the '30s, there have been there have been uh, back and forth. Has the, has
1: the internet made it worse? I, I don't think it's made it any better. I mean, there have been f- furors uh, where we had people invited as guests of honor at science fiction conventions uh, tony weisskopf for example and suddenly there were the people who didn't like her threw up a fuss and her invitation was canceled right uh larry korea was invited to some place which will name we'll come to mind in a bit mars con and, I think it was. yes and the concept told the people who wanted him to, to canceled they should go away but this is a very old fandom custom it goes back to the great exclusion which was the first world con in 39 and there was this back and forth between one group of fans new fandom and another group of fans the Futurians who most of whom were communists to be to the point but this was back in the 30s and the great exclusion was a list of people who were not allowed into Worldcon because it was suspected they were going to disrupt things. Amusingly, member one of our members who has since passed away, the person who had hidden literature inside the Worldcon operation to be distributed by Futurians, was not recognized, and they excluded the wrong people. Mm. So they excluded people like Don Wolheim and Fred Pohl. They almost excluded Isaac Asimov, except John Campbell said, this is a great guy. He's going to be an important author. Boy, was that an understatement. (laughs) You should welcome him. And so they let Isaac in. Uh, And this is what... This sort of nonsense comes and goes. Unfortunately, it's currently coming. No. The feud I was going to mention was a fellow by the name of Claude Degler in the Cosmic Circle. The fans are supermen. This was interpreted, fans are slams. That's a reference to a Van Vogt novel. This was taken literally mm. with various strange results. Um... There are always people calling each other names, unfortunately. Yeah. My own introduction to science fiction club activity, though, was Mitzvahs, the MIT Science Fiction Society, which sort of still has, the world's largest science fiction collection, more than 40,000 items. Unfortunately, Mitzvah's is currently facing two challenges, uh, the first of which was they had a major building flood. They're only on the fourth floor, and they had flooding, and some stuff was damaged because the water was coming through the ceiling. Mm. They then have the challenge that the student center, the building they're in, (coughs) is... 50 years old, and the expectation is that, no, 60 years old, closing on at this point, and the expectation is it's going to be closed, everything is taken out of the building, the building will be completely rebuilt. Um, There's some question as to whether people understand how you move a library. (laughs) However, the mitzvah slogan was, we're not fans, we just read the stuff. Right is there uh, the people who wanted to be fans then turned around and formed nesfa the new england science fiction association which is a wonderful strong effective organization yeah
0: are there are, are there times when you look back i mean as as long as as you've been involved in all of this have there been times when you looked at the one side and the other side, and the neener, neener and you fix and and you look at it and you just kind of shake your head and said this would be so easy to fix if you just did X. H- have you ever had a moment like that?
1: I can't say that I have. I, we, I have come close to one of these. Once upon a time, a few years ago, uh, someone wanted us to write up extended reviews of each of our fanzines, and this woman in Germany, I'll leave her name out, would publish all of these descriptions so people would do more informed voting on uh, fanzines, fiction fanzines, and other fanish fanzines. <coughs> there was then a public. There was then this furor, because I said, "Well, we need more people to publicize the club. So if you're on some." social media site, and I ran off a list of the ones I'd ever heard of, which wasn't very many. Right. Please speak up for us. So I mentioned Facebook, and I mentioned Twitter, and then I mentioned MeWe, and then I mentioned, what were they called, Parlor and Gab.
0: Oh, right.
1: And when I mentioned them, <laughs> one of our life members was outraged and quit the club because I'd mentioned it. And the woman who was running this decided, oh, we're political, no, therefore we will not run any of your reviews after you went to the trouble of writing them. Needless to say, I'm unsympathetic.
0: (laughs) Is is there a point where you just throw up your hands and say, I'm done with fandom?
1: What keeps you Uh, in the
0: game, George?
1: Well, there certainly are people who put too much time into it and burn out. My freshman year roommate, who has since passed away, this is when I was at MIT, decided he was going to do a, an index of all of the fanzines in the Mitzvah's library. Mm-hmm. And even back in the early 60s, this was a lot of fanzines. He put so much time into it that he flunked out. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is a bad deal. You should have dropped it. Yeah. I, I didn't realize he was doing that or I might have suggested this, but I I was too busy studying. Now you there have the, t-
0: you have the library at MIT. There's a there's another collection. Iowa, Indiana, Iowa, University of Iowa. Is that where it is? There's a really big one up there that they've been cataloging and scanning into computers to to save it. But you know, if if you have people that are just back and forth and 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 lashing out at each other, it it kind of defeats the purpose
1: of being a fan. I mean, you're supposed to be having fun with this. That's absolutely true. And there are a few people who seem to have lost track of this. Oh, if you're looking for fanzines that have been scanned, fanac dot org, uh, r- r- run by uh, Joe and Edie Seclary in particular. Wonderful layout. They apparently have around 20,000 fanzines that they've scanned that you can look at, and they figure they're about halfway done. But they managed to get things from long ago. Admittedly, you can only go back so far. The paper decays. It's like collecting science fiction magazines. Arguably, the first science fiction magazine was Capitan Morse on the Lenkbar's Luftschiff, Captain Death, and his steerable <laughs> airship. Well, he did interplanetary travel in it, um, but uh, Captain Death is a pre-World War I German science fiction zine. Wow. Complete with a battle between the armored airship and a Tsarist fleet, the Russian Navy gets sunk. Um, having said that, though, the other thing that happens is you get busy with other activities. I write science fiction novels. I've written eight. The latest is Practical Exercise, which is sort of Harry Potter, but it's not in some English grade school. Harry po- uh, Practical Exercise is set in an American research university. <clears throat> and then there's background politics there, where there is an emerging major war in which the heroine, despite getting dragged into several battles is severely uninterested she's interested in what she's doing and so if there are people arguing about politics that's their problem and perhaps some fans need to adopt that you should take the politics someplace else yeah would that it were that easy right
0: if, uh, if well, we just some people say. are very
1: stubborn about that, yeah. and some people who are very stubborn about that also have a big megaphone. Well, that's fine. There are different types of fanzines, and if you want fanzine fiction that, for example, pushes a particular set of political views... Um, the names Jerry Pornell and Ursula Le Guin come immediately to mind, though their fiction is a bit different in their politics, or was. The answer is good. Go for it. Yeah.
0: Well, that, now let me ask you this as as a as a parting a, a parting shot here. Last last question for you because you've got your your stuff you need to go on. Um, with with all of these fanzines that are out there. And all of, the, all of the drama and everything going on with Hugos and, and all this other stuff, does, does the, the National Fantasy Fan Federation need to find new venues, new outlets, new places where they can find fans? How are you, how are you putting the word out that you guys even exist? Because when we first heard about you a few years ago, I didn't even know that you guys were around. And there's a lot of stuff that you do. You do the awards, you do the, the, the you know, the fiction publishing and all that. How do we get the word out even further than just, you know, doing something like this conversation? What, what kind of efforts do you have in your, in your wheelhouse there?
1: Well, there's social media, mostly Facebook, to some extent, we <clears throat> We tried Discord, which hasn't been very successful yet because people have to find it. Uh, I have encouraged the idea that if you go to a science fiction convention, I will send you a bunch of flyers and a few sample fanzines you can hand out, and if you would care to run a uh, guest room for N3F members, you show up and... People can come in and hear about the N3f. That hasn't really taken off yet. that was somewhat killed by the plague killing in- person conventions right and but that is now starting to come back. Uh, once upon a time, you could run ads and science fiction prosines, but there aren't a lot of prosines left. yeah uh, You could do advertising on social media. But that's fairly hard to do. The last time I tried to do it was Facebook. <clears throat> so I said, okay, let's list all of the major science fiction publishing houses as group people interested in this will be interested in us. <clears throat> <laughs> At this point, I discovered the uh, Bain books was blacklisted. And if I listed them as a group, they wouldn't take the ad. Yeah. Which was, and this was before this stupid um, Foufara, which wrecked the Baines, book, Baines Bar, Baines yeah. Bar, it's now come back somewhat. Yeah, um, all sorts so in of, any of
0: fun shenanigans, right? Because fans, fans are going to be uh, fans of a certain stripe, and if you don't, if you don't line up, then you're not, you're not a true fan. You're not a real fan.
1: So. If you're not left, right, center, libertarian, communist, you name it. Yeah. I I think importing politics into science fiction uh, fandom has been a bad deal. If you have, if you're writing a book, you're kind of stuck. If it lives in a world that there was some background politics, and it may be monarchies or republics or God knows what or The government is actually run by AIs, and the meat space minds simply are there to enjoy what the AIs are providing. Um, There are other variations on this. There is a certain fondness for warfare because it gives you a lot of action, and that draws people in. I did, however, do one economic book, and the economic book was Mistress of the Waves. And what can I say about Mistress of the Waves? Well, the heroine who was orphaned at age 13 or 14 makes her way through the world extremely successfully, but she does it all through business operations, not through fighting. Well, there, are, there was the group of pirates and the mythical giant squid attacking a sailing ship, <laughs> <clears throat> but most of her stuff is things like the bonds those bonds are worthless because the, they are backing something that like the tulip um, craze isn't going to make any money to pay them off <laughs> she made a lot of money on that one <laughs> so you can do non-political things but to some extent it's always politics yeah all
0: right well we will leave it there and uh, definitely we will have to plan for another conversation as uh, as we go through all of this because there's a lot and I and we just barely scratched the surface the website uh tnff.org or n3f.org either one will get you there we've got a link in the uh notes the national fantasy fan federation and uh george uh always good to have you we will definitely do this again and i i need to have some conversations with you about a couple of things you mentioned so we'll we'll do that at a at a future time i'll send you an email (laughs) Jason, it was great to be
1: here. Thank you for having me, and have a wonderful afternoon.
0: Absolutely, you too. Hopefully your uh, your immediate uh, situation there improves. Yes. All right, thank you, George. And thanks to all of you for being here for this conversation. And as always, uh, you can always leave a comment, uh, send us an email, live from the bunker at sci-fi for me dot com, and... Uh, Speaking of uh, social media, here's all of ours where you can find us. We're on all the different uh, social media accounts, video channels, the Discord server, uh, where these conversations can continue. And uh, tomorrow on the program, let me see if I can find it here. Uh, well, let's talk about tonight, because tonight we've got the H2O podcast. We are going to be talking about what we expect to come out of CinemaCon, uh, which is going on this week in Las Vegas, started today. Uh, So join us for that tonight. And we will also tomorrow be talking to, um, uh, there it is. Oh, here we go. Got it. I got it. I got to pull that up. Tomorrow we'll be talking to the son of Charles M. Schultz. Monty Schultz has a new book out called Metropolis, and we're going to be talking to him about that. So join us there. That's it for us today, folks. Thanks very much for being here. Remember, the politicians hate you. The media lies to you. God has a plan for you. And there are four lights.
1: This has been a presentation of SciFi4Me.com. Copyright 2023 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to scifi For me Radio.